you didn't think this was a good uh, choice for the podcast? Are you recording this right now? Because I literally have no fucking clue what just happened in this movie. There was an hour long, like, no dialogue, okay? An hour of this movie, which was only an hour and 29 minutes, of no dialogue in this movie. I don't understand. I need help. I need guidance. I don't understand what I just watched. And I need you to explain it to me. So you're saying good choice. <laughs> Ow, it's Hello and welcome to the show. We are Scott and Joe and we are Just Another Movie Night and today we are talking trash. Talking trash. Talking trash indeed. I chose a movie today. I put it on my loving wife. (laughs) How much uh, do you love me though? (laughs) I love you very much and I enjoy uh, sharing these experiences with you. Okay. <laughs> Today we are talking about 1982's The Appointment, directed and written by Lindsay C. Vickers, who I believe this is the only film this person has ever directed. I wonder why. Assistant director of a lot of Hammer Horror films that we've seen. Oh. And it also stars uh, Edward Woodward, who is the star of the classic The Wicker Man. Oh my god! Cries! No, no, be a god! No, cries! So, here we are. And I... Right off the bat, this was an interesting one. I, I think interesting is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> but please continue. I mean, hey, look. You know, some movies we pick... Are straightforward trash some movies are very bizarre and some movies just go huh that happened and i think this one falls in between the the last two there somewhere in between those two for me um look i think since this is talking trash and we go through the movie and try to uh you know decipher it and share each other's thoughts and uh joke around about it and talk about the whole film in spoiler fashion i feel like this movie can only be broken down in three segments round one breaking the news round two the night of sleep round three and the drive so i think let's start right off the bat in the how this movie starts which is the breaking the news segment but What's really interesting about this one is it starts off with a news report. Not actual news footage, but somebody telling us a story like a cop. All right. So it starts off with a narration by what seems like a police officer, almost like uh, John Larroquette doing uh, the uh, the open narration to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) 
Extract from police report number 727727A. Strictly confidential, unpublished and unavailable. Subject, Sandy Fremont. He's uh, telling us a story while we're watching it unfold of a, of a girl coming from what I believe is a some kind of school. It's a private school. A private school for all yeah, women, all girls. All girls. Only, yeah. And, you know, they're in the, uh, what you said, Slytherin house outfits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they... She, they seem to be in a music school. The last positive sighting of the child was on her way home from a school orchestra rehearsal. We definitely know it's a music school. Yeah. And they're all carrying instruments. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this, this girl in this opening, it says, this is really interesting too. It says three years ago. And I hate when it does, a movie does that because you always go three years ago from what? Right. You know? And it's peculiar that they use that because they also do something in a minute, too. So they show this girl, and she's saying bye to our friends, and, and everything's happy, and the narration's telling us that... This was on Tuesday, May 14th at approximately 6.30 in the evening. At about this time, her friend Janie Carr places her positively as entering the footpath through the area known as Crombie Woods, a then popular shortcut for several of the students living in Millard Heights. Well, there's there a trail. A, there's like a yeah. little trail through the woods uh, that the kids take to go home. Like a shortcut. Yeah. And it's like right uh, between two wood, like you know, like wooded there's area. yeah, there's big wooden area, uh, wooded areas on both sides of like little forest. Sandy was a popular girl and a rising star with the school orchestra. Her music master described her as a most gifted violinist with amazing potential. General opinion was that, apart from her exceptional musical talent, she was a normal, happy, and well-liked 12-year-old. And there was nothing to suggest anything more than the usual friendly rivalries of school life. But there can be no doubt that someone thought otherwise. She's going, while she's walking down it, she starts hearing voices. And it sounds like little kids or other girls doing like giggle noises and calling her name and it sounds like they're playing a prank on her from not in the woods she doesn't acknowledge it she does stop and she does stare down there and we get you know basically these creepy shots of from the woods looking at her and her looking into walking, the woods so... but she keeps continuing her walk yeah she uh, doesn't give into it she looks like she wants to say something but before she can leave this trail she is met with the, the sounds again, but then suddenly yanked into the Yeah, it's like it, it's at a ferocious... A fero yeah. yeah, it's ferocious. The pull. Yank. Yeah. A violent pull into the forest. And we see her belongings, which looks like a like her instrument has come loose from its uh, thing, its carrying case, and her basically her books or whatever. And it looks like it's... I don't know how to explain it, but it looks like it's pulsating, like it's being crushed, and it's, like, moving a little bit. Yeah, like, it's, uh, something is dragging it very slowly and crushing it at the same time into the woods. It's weird. Yeah, and the narration's telling us that she went, didn't, she disappeared. That they have never figured out what happened to this girl. That she was violently... Well, we don't. They don't know if she was. They well, don't know if it she says was violently. She, she disappeared. I think taken. they said something about a madman living out in the forest area that had viciously taken her. 
but they don't say that they've never found anybody. They have no clue who it is, and she was never recovered. No. So I guess as a as a safety measure, they put up a fence there so that they the kids off. can't yeah. go into that, take that path home anymore. Okay, so... And cut away from all of that, and none of that matters at <laughs> nope. all until later. Uh, and it says, in particular, it says three years later. So I don't know why it said three years ago to say three years later. You could just start the movie and then say three years later. It, it just confused me more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it had that timeline and had to tell us in two different ways. Yeah. Three years ago, three years later. Always makes me laugh when movies do that, like... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so three years later, and now we're meeting a new family. And we're meeting the Fowlers, I believe their names are. And we see a, um, we start with a man, which is Edward uh, Woodward, who's the main actor in The Wicker Man. Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Christ! He, he is um, at a, um, like a, a chop shop, or not a chop shop, but like a garage. And he's getting his car worked on, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy who works at the garage is his good friend. And they're having a conversation. And basically, he's fixing up his car. But he takes his car back from him. And he gets in. He's going to get in it. And he's like, basically, they're starting to share information to each other. And he's like saying, I have to break the news to my daughter. And the guy that works at the shop's like, yeah, you definitely should. And he's like, well, let me ask you a question. How, as a, as a man who has three daughters, how would you do it? And he's like, with love and honesty. And you should tell her straight up, you know. She really loves you. And she adores you. And she, you should really be honest with her. And it's in the long run, it's better that way. He says back, the father, he's getting in his car. He says, well, she's only 14. So, of course, she loves me. Okay, first of all, I'm baffled by that statement because most teenagers, they don't like their parents. <laughs> yeah, and, and he drives off and we see a shot of the guy who was talk he was talking to basically watching. And he goes, we don't tell her that she's 14. Yeah. and <laughs> Automatically, just weird dialogue. So yeah, we get the, we, at the same time, we see that the daughter, uh, his, the same, this guy's daughter is named Joanne. She's getting off of school and she's walking and they're playing. It's like the same exact school from the opening of the girl going missing and all of that. And she's also carrying an instrument, which I believe is a violin. Mm -hmm. And she, um, she has like it in a case and she's walking home. There's like a lot of good music, you know, nice music playing and, and it's like symphony music. It's like an after school special. And yeah, I actually think the music's pretty decent in this, so I'll talk about that too. But uh, she's like walking, but she stops to sit down in the grass somewhere and talk to what would seem like an animal or something off screen. We can't see it, but she's saying, did you think I, I wouldn't come to see you? Did you think that uh, I would forget you? Of course I, I wouldn't. And we don't know what the hell that is. So we cut to now the father coming home and being greeted by his wife. And the two uh, have a little conversation in front of the house. Basically, they seem to have a decent relationship. I mean, it doesn't seem like weird or anything. It, do, it Well, something, some, I mean, everything is off in this house. Uh, so 
he gets out and he talks to his wife and she basically saying, um, so are you going to tell her when she gets home from school? And he's like, yeah, I have to tell her and I, I have to break the news and it's uh, going to bother her. And she's like, look, she's 14. She'll get over it. She'll understand. And he's like, I don't know if she will. And he's like, but I have to tell her what's going on. I have to leave in the morning. And she has the big recital today. They mentioned that. Right? So the the girl, his daughter, Joanne, is, I guess, she has a, a big violin recital. And she will be devastated if he can't make that recital. Which obviously we know he can't make it because he has some kind of thing he has to do in the morning. So Yeah, and, and the funny part is the way that the wife and this guy are having this conversation. She seems very, like, you know, like, he's basically seems very sensitive about his daughter. And she seems like she'll get over it. You yeah, stop. She's, she's a little bit tougher. I yeah, and, but she also seems like she's actually, like, just disturbed by the whole damn thing. It, and <laughs> it grows even more. But, yeah, uh, so the daughter is coming home. He's parking in the car. And she comes home. And he greets the daughter in the front. And he starts breaking the news. And he basically tells her that at his job that he had, he's like, do you remember that the whole bunch of people got injured at the job and I have to go? It turns out that I have to go and be there for these people because um, there's another guy who can't do it. And now I'm being called in and I have to do it and I'm not going to be here for the recital and I'm sorry. But what does he even do? I'm tr- I'm still, I don't Who even knows? know. All I know is that some people were hurt and it, it seems like lives have been lost at some kind of job that he does and he's some kind of... Risk either, management person? Or some kind of foreman or some kind of, uh, <laughs> some head up in the, uh, whatever business that they work at. And he's it's saying so that he vague. has to be there for these people. Well... The daughter does not take this well. She she uh, gets very fucking angry. And she gets very teary. And she says, how dare you, basically. Okay, but can we talk about first how this daughter is a creep? She's a creep. She's completely obsessed with her father. It's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it gets more peculiar the way it goes on. Because she basically snaps at him. And she's like, how dare you? Like, how dare you not be there? Yeah. You're the whole reason I'm even doing this. Yeah, you're the one that got me into music, and now you're not coming to my recital. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Teenage crap. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't get out of it. I have to be there for those people. And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm fed up. And she, like, walks, storms off. And then he goes into the kitchen, and the, the mother is like, he's like, he did, she didn't handle it well. And she's like, it doesn't matter. You have to do your job. She'll have to understand. And he's like, I don't know. The mother's like, know. oh, she'll get over it. And the dad, the dad's more like sensitive, like, oh, dang, I upset her. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, it, it's so bizarre. So later that night, they're sitting watching TV as a family. And it gets even more bizarre. It gets even more creepy because the daughter's like sitting at his feet like a dog. Yeah. And she still just can't get over the fact that he's not going to make her recital. Yeah. So this movie so far is all about this guy and how he can't make his daughter's recital. That's and, and there's like a weird murder in the beginning. Okay. He turns she turns to him and she says, "Dad, 
are you sure you can't make it? Are you sure you can't get out of this? And he's like, honey, I can't do it. The other guy, she's like, why can't he do it? And he's like, the other guy, his wife is in labor. Well, it's in the hospital. It's in the hospital because she's pregnant and she's sick. And she's sick. And he has to be there for her. Believe me, I've tried to get out of this, honey, but I can't do it. And while he's saying all these things to her, she's staring. Like a soulless, creepy stare. Staring with tears pouring out of her eyes while she's doing this. She looks like the devil. She does. I mean, it's just very unsettling. That's what I thought this movie was going to be, by the way. I thought she was going to be like, you know, the spawn of Satan or something like that. I guess we'll get it. We'll talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, please, because I need help. Because he keeps... Every time he says a couple lines, there's a pause where he's like, do you understand? And she's still staring at him. And like what's basically creepier, staring into us. She's rubbing his arm, too, in a creepy way. Like, this is her father, okay? Yeah, the, the mother's watching. And she's just like, oh, God. Yeah, the mother doesn't have any patience for this chick yeah. at all. But, but the, the, the father is like a little bit more, um, you know, kind of understanding and nurturing towards her the mother's kind of just like ah, she'll get over it yeah and and every time he pauses and she doesn't react or say anything except hear a little bit he starts wiping the tears away and he starts getting more and more increasingly trying to tell her you have to stop yeah right? like get over it yeah, basically he says to her I, I you're 14 you gotta grow up yeah this is enough i can't always do everything that you want Yep. And he's like, you have to stop. You're too smart for this. You can do everything and this you can't get over. Right. It, it's just, it's a little extra. Like, it, they seem to be going like that extra mile to tell us how upset she is that he can't make her recital. No, mind you, just the idea that this movie right now, the plot is this girl is upset because her father can't make a recital. I'm literally like bonkers out of my mind at this point watching this movie. So I'm like, what the hell did you get me into? This is so stupid. Okay, but but we can I cannot hammer this in more that this scene of her staring up at him while he's looking down at her, trying to explain to her why she needs to grow the hell up and move on. It goes on for a good couple minutes. Yeah. I mean, like her stare, it does not flinch. Way and too it long. It goes on for a very unsettling time and it is like what what is this like what the fuck is going on between these two people it's so bizarre that at one point he looks down at her and he's like okay you have to go to bed just get out of here get out of my sight like you need to because she's just creepy she's just staring at him it's creepy so that's why i was like okay this is going to be like some sort of like demon like damon damien you know like the omen like oh god she's going to be like the devil or something it's going to be really cool right Oh, Lord, was I wrong. Well, I, well, we'll, we'll get, yeah. So he tells her she's got to go to bed. And finally she gets up and storms out of the room to bed. And he's just like, oh, my God. You know, like, Jesus. All right. And so this is why I'm calling this first half breaking the news. Because that's virtually what happens. And this is. I'm not kidding. This is a half an hour. It's a half an hour. Of this. Of uh, Yeah, of nothingness. And then it's time to start getting to bed. Because now the wife has gotten up. She's in the room and she's reading a book. And he's shutting down up the house in his robe. And he's getting ready for bed. And he's shutting down the house. He's locking the door. He's walking around. We're watching the whole thing. But 
right before he can go to his own room to go to bed, he has to stop at his daughter's door. And we see the daughter laying in bed, and she somehow senses, senses that he's at the door. And she just starts staring at the door. She sits up. She stares at the door in the darkness. But the father never opens and the, the door. Da- the dad stares at the door, st- thinking about giving in to the daughter and going in the room, I guess, and loving his daughter. Which, at this point, loving his daughter. I don't look. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to take this because my my first reaction is. He, this is a man who wants to give in to his daughter and go and hug her and say, I'll be there for the recital. They give in to her, and that's what I mean by love. But this relationship feels very, very strange. It's creepy it to is say very, It's way too evo- like it, it involving. And especially that she. we also see, because this staring at the door and reaching slowly to open the door this guy's doing... And her watching the out stuff, the inside of the door, waiting for him to come to her, goes on for it's another like good couple 10, minutes. Ten minutes of this, I'm like, oh, for Christ's sake! I'm like, can we just move along now? Like, what is going on? Is this is this kid? Like, I mean, is she gonna like do something to him? Or? Well, no, she's waiting for love. She's waiting for him to give in to her. It looks like she's gonna murder him. She was. I don't think so that's how it creepy. looks. It looks loving, like very like. It, it almost, and that's why I said this, where a creepy comes in because it feels like sexual tension. It's beyond creepy. And the I mother didn't... reacts to it like she's disgusted by it. Their, their yeah, because she is. And I, I'm sitting there watching this, these scenes, and I'm like, okay, first of all, it's a half an hour of this, and I feel super uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I wanted to slap you. I couldn't make. Yeah. I couldn't understand what, what. I couldn't make heads or tails of what. Why are you making me watch this? Okay. Well, we've watched so many movies. I mean, this is like nothing. I mean, this but, is all right. I got. This isn't the the last of my understanding of this film. You are going to have to explain to me the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm going to. Um, so, yeah, he does not go in the room. He finally decides to not go in the room and lock up and turn the lights off. And we see that across the room from her bed in her room is a picture of the two of them with their arms around each other, smiling into the camera. Well, no, he's smiling into the camera, and she in the photograph is looking at him smiling. But in the photograph, she turns and stares at us, and and this looks mad. Yeah, so that's why I thought this was gonna be like a supernatural type deal because she the photograph actually moves, and she's in the photo, and she's moving in and the photo, and she's looking at us like, so like mad. Oh, this can be something neat. So. But yeah, he, he gets into no. the bedroom. Mm-hmm. He gets into the bedroom where the, the wife is reading a book and he gets in there and he's sighing and he's like, I don't know. She's not going to talk to me now. You know, and basically she he is bringing up again that he's made the daughter feel uncomfortable. And the wife is like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, the wife is just like, all right, suck it up. You got to get over it. Just suck it up. Yeah. And. She basically now she seems like she wants love from the husband, but instead of doing that, he basically just goes, "Can you get, can you give me more covers?" And he turns off the lights, and he leaves her in the dark reading a book to turn off her light and like sigh. So we we kind of get the idea here. That, like if I was to overthink this scene, I would think, okay, so 
you know, he cares more about what the daughter thinks than his wife. That he doesn't even think about his wife. He doesn't think about his wife either. No, not at all. So we get that established. Because I think he, she even says, if I'm wrong in thinking about this, in the kitchen scene, I think there's a couple weird lines of dialogue here that make that even more uncomfortable about how he doesn't seem to ever think about her, the wife. Right. Because I think she says something along the lines of, well, you never think about me like that. Hmm. Yeah. And I think it was something really uncomfortable like that. It like, seems like strange. she's like got a jealousy situation with the daughter. He's like, I guess I'll call her when I get there. And he goes, she goes, well, it'd be nice if you called me once in a while when you get to places. It's, it's stuff like that, right? Well, he turns off the light and he goes to bed. Now, this is where the second half comes in, right? This is the, the second half bizarre. is the, the night of sleep. Because this is a... This is very strange. I need to explain this the, to me. So, this basically this next half, which I would say is another half an hour to 40 minutes. It can't be that long. It, it, it has to be. Because the whole movie is an hour and 29 minutes. Yes. So, if the you break all half. three down, I would say that all three are probably broken down in the right, the same Okay, it's like half an time. hour, half an hour, half, half an hour. hour. I think so. Okay. So yeah, this this half the the sleep the night of sleep, it is very interesting. <laughs> First off, I'm gonna pull and point out the the soundtrack. I kind of dig it. The there's score, this weird there's score. No, yeah. When I say soundtrack, I'm sorry, I meant score. The sound the score is very interesting. It does this thing where it reminds me of Fargo, and how in Fargo there's this one score that basically is like the impending doom or something bad is about to happen and they play it a lot like it's this very important score you know where basically it's like its own character and this movie does that too where it's playing this one part it actually reminds me of the fargo score for some reason i don't know why it, it rings to me like that keeps playing it in scenes where it's like eh? like it's giving you eh? some kind of inkling that something bad is about to happen which it is but but yeah. it never does i disagree we'll, 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 we'll get to, slowly get to that but yeah so uh, yeah the night of sleep and basically what's happening here is we're getting shots of him uncomfortable in his bed and 
the it, we we see a shot of his watch, and it seems to have stopped, and it has basically he's tossing and turning in his sleep, and we keep seeing shots of things, and I believe the shots we get here are him driving a car on a beautiful country uh, country road. road, basically up on a hill a little bit, and. It's a beautiful grassy, you know, area. It's really nice, and he's driving on it, and something happens where it looks like dogs jump on his windshield, and we see him drive get little out of control. They're in his Rottweilers. Car. They're huge yeah. ass Rottweilers. Rottweilers. Yeah, and they seem to jump across his window, him speed out of control, and shots of like something random happening in the car, and it cuts back to him, and his it keeps showing the watch. And he, he's jolted awake, and he cannot sleep. And while he's jolted awake, we also see outside, in the dark, a pack of Rottweilers running. There's about five of them, and they're running down the street, and they turn and stop at the house. So can you tell me the symbolism? Because I need so, help. So I don't Rottweilers understand. stop at the house, and... One, a couple stand guard while the other ones go to the house. They go up the driveway into the house. It's a beautiful country house. Okay, yeah. I don't so, care about the well, stupid house. We can't I talk about know. that until the end of the movie. I'll get to, I, we'll get to I it. I need help. We're going to break it down slowly here. They're like the hounds of hell or something. So, so <laughs> while we see that he's jolted awake and he's just so uncomfortable and he cannot sleep and he keeps looking at the clock. And he finally decides to go downstairs and get himself milk, which, you know, that's a thing where people love to drink milk and then I eat and it it's supposed to put you to it. sleep. I've never, I never done it. Yeah. Um, but he goes downstairs and he does the whole thing. He's checking around the house. He gets a magazine. He starts reading it. Takes he a sleeping pill. Takes a sleeping pill. Does he do that yes. downstairs? Yes, he does. He takes I thought he took it later on when no, he goes upstairs. He takes it with the milk. Mm-hmm. He does? Mm-hmm. I thought he did it at the end when he uh, gets jolted awake again. Mm-mm. Yeah, we also see that the daughter is also tossing and turning. So what does that mean? And then we also see, well, well, no, not yet, because basically he's on the couch reading his magazine and he's drinking the milk and he starts passing out. And as he's passing out, we see the front door to their house slowly open. And we see that we get shots of the Rottweilers, two of them, coming into the house by just watching their feet. And their feet are making noises on the ground. And this whole thing is, like, done in a very artistic way. The shots are all... There's hardly any dialogue. There's there's nothing but this shot. Some of the score and just noises. So the Rottweilers' feet are hitting as the roses petals are falling off at the same beat and he is jolted awake again in his seat and his neck is hurt because he's sitting downstairs and basically we're getting we're also getting shots of his car in the garage yes and the lights come on and the lights slowly come on the headlights the headlights go on and then they go off by themselves we can all we also have to point out that we also see a shot of the car the mechanic and the car that he's working on in the night, we don't see him. We just see the car up on a lift in the mechanic shop. And 
we're slowly panning toward that and the dog jumps up at the front door of the shop and barks. If you're um, listening to this and you're confused, can you imagine how I am sitting there watching this? I'm like, why? Why are we getting these random shots? What is going on here? What is this? There's literally no dialogue for an hour in this movie. None. I need help. You can laugh all you want, but I need help. And I need you to answer my damn question, sir. Put me through this. Well, you know what? He wakes up and he goes upstairs. The front door is shut. And we don't really know if the dogs really are in the house or not. No idea. We don't know what's happening. That could be like symbolism. Yeah. Of so, what? So, so now he goes to go upstairs. And as he's walking upstairs, he bumps into his wife, who's also coming downstairs looking for him. And it scares him a little bit. And she, he says, oh, my God, I'm having a terrible night of sleep. And she's like, um, okay, now get upstairs. Did you take a sleep? And Penny's like, yeah. So she's like, okay, you're going to get to sleep now. So she puts him in the bed, and then she gets she goes into the bed. And, and then that's when she starts having nightmares. She has nightmares night. about the same shit. So he, her nightmare now is of him in his car, bloody, and reaching slowly for a belt buckle to no, get for, himself. No, for the seatbelt. The seatbelt. Which is the belt buckle? That's what he's trying to get, and he's trying to un- like unlock he's himself to un- from. Unlatch the seatbelt, yeah. and he's reaching for it slowly, and she, uh, and she's like uh, tossing and turning, and he finally reaches it, and presses the button, and all we hear is screams, and see her face like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, we also get a shot of the dog walking around the car in the garage okay so the dog thing i don't get at all but i understand she's having some sort of premonition about her husband getting into a car accident so obviously this well, is a sign is. of things she, to come we just seen a shot of him like in his seats trying to get out of it like he's already been in a car accident yeah it's okay. weird so yeah we're basically getting a whole bunch of those shots and basically that's I think that's the gist of it, but this happens for a long time. It goes on for a long time. Yeah. But then cut to morning. Yeah, he basically wakes up. He's on, you he's know. He's got to go on his to his appointment. He's got to head off to this thing where he's got to take care of people, whatever he's got to do. Which, by and the way, that's the name of this movie, The, the appointment. appointment. So, yes. I, so, yeah. I just got he, nothing. He's basically ready for work. He's he showered. He's eaten. And he's watching his watch his watch just keeps giving him problems so he keeps adjusting it and he's shaking it at his ear and he he leaves the house and as he drives out of the house we have to watch everything by the okay, way okay in this movie when, when you when we're tall and telling you something just imagine you have to watch every moment of it so him backing out of the driveway we have to watch all of it but when he backs out of his driveway to leave to work we see that there is a little puddle of what looks like oil with a screw in it. It looks like a spark plug. So it looks like a, like um, some kind of uh, whatever was holding the uh, oil in. Okay, ba- it could be uh, that. Basically, like it looks like because it's covered in oil. But if his, I mean, his car is dripping oil or losing oil or whatever. It's some kind of bolt. It seems like he, you know, he's driving for quite the extended amount of time with oil, you know, running out of his car. Yeah, that doesn't seem. That like that it wouldn't would be, happen instantly. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know anything about cars, but whatever. So 
he but the Sweet. next the next half an hour is just driving and driving and driving. And then he stops at a payphone to call his wife. Well, I mean, yeah, well the the we see the wife wake up and he's already left. And so she wakes up and she the, the daughter wakes up to go to a recital. We see her the mother's calling her downstairs and she's not coming right off the bat because she is doing something with a picture frame, the picture frame that had her and her father in it. Yeah, she and, took the picture out. Yeah, and we see that it doesn't look at the... We can't really tell because we're not like bringing the right up to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that something is going on there. And she comes down and she goes to school and they make plans to uh, go whatever. And that, that this time we've also seen the husband driving for a while and he stopped at a payphone to call them. And he, he has stopped at like a rest stop of some sort to have some kind of breakfast yeah, or they, lunch. Yeah, they show us for what reasoning. He's having... It looks like coffee. Okay, fine. Yeah, this, he, this he, movie makes no. I don't understand what is what. Why he stops? He basically calls, but there she's outside saying bye to her daughter, so she's not able to pick up the phone. And she comes in the house, and the phone has already stopped, but she didn't know it was ringing. But she stops in front of the camera to basically tell, like she knows something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's up. She doesn't feel right either. So. um he basically sitting in this rest stop watching this car through the window. And in the back of the car, there's like construction workers working. So like behind. Okay. So his car is parked. Then behind his car, they make a point of showing us construction workers yeah. working on the ground or like the uh, They're cutting parking kind of lot or something. Okay. None of this makes any sense or is necessary to the plot. Okay. None of it. We watched the whole thing though. I mean, we watched the whole thing of him sitting there for 20 minutes looking at these construction workers as if something is going to happen but yeah. it never does so at this point you could tell because my impatience is sinking in that i'm literally just i've already had it with this film i've already i'm at the end <laughs> and we're halfway through I'm, I'm at the end so look he gets back in his car he drives well and he goes to another phone on the side of the road and he the phone is giving him problems. The coins are getting stuck in the thing, but he calls home and she actually answers and she's excited. Oh my God, you called me. That's great. Oh, you're, you're how far? You're making good time. And he's like, I'm sorry, the, the phone keeps giving me these problems, but he keeps pushing quarters in to kind of like get it to keep going. And he, he's, as he's talking to her on the phone, he takes off his watch and he's wiggling at his ear again and he puts it down what ne- looks like a bag next to a bag of apples, right? And he puts it down and he's trying to talk to his wife. And he basically, the only thing he's really calling about is to say, how is she? Yeah. Is she okay? Is she mad it, at me? It, yes, she's mad at you. Yes, she's been mad at you for like a whole day. And she's like, she's fine. Just, it's okay. And then he's like, uh, oh, okay. And bef- before, you know, he can say anything else, he's like, uh, well, she's she kind of changes the subject, I think, a little bit. And he says, well, the drive's going good, but, you know, like, it couldn't be any worse than my dream last night. And she says, wait, what? What, what happened with your dream last night? And he's like, no, nah, it's all good. And she's like, no, really, what happened? He's like, ah, I, got a, I got a dream. I got in a car accident. And she's like, basically, the camera's slowly panning in on her face, shocked. And he's like... Yeah, but it's all, it's over and, you know, whatever. And she says, well, did you get out of the car at the end? And he goes, well, I'd hope so. I'm here right now, aren't I? 
Yeah, which makes and, no sense. Yeah, and she's like, no, seriously, honey, I have to tell you something. And it, before she can say, I also had a dream about you in a car accident, the phone gives up and he can't hear her. And he basically has to say, I'm sorry, honey, I can't talk. The, the thing's messing up again. And, and I he can't hangs get the, up. The, the thing, so he hangs up. But here's the thing. This this whole conversation goes nowhere. It's pointless. It's pointless. It's not pointless. It is. It's basically telling you that her dream really happened, too. That they both dreamt everything that okay, happened last I time. I get it. I understand that. We, we know that that's a thing. They both dreamt the same thing. But why? Why does he get back in the car, driving again for like another half an hour? He's got a long drive. No he freaking dialogue. Right. No no dialogue. There's nothing. Well, who's there to talk to at this point? Exactly. He's in the car by himself. There's so, nothing going on. As all this drive is happening, we also see the guy at the, the, uh, the garage is working on the car. And he seems to find... He's looking up into the car from the bottom, of course... And he's looking up and he sees something strange and he reaches up and he pulls out. It looks like exactly the same kind of bolt. Yeah, it looked like the like a little spark plug from like, you know, that was laying on the ground from I think it's it's I think it's a nut and bolt that's supposed to um, hold in whatever the oil tank or something is. Okay, I think that's what it is, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it's a spark plug. I don't know how that would work, but. Yeah, he seems to have pulled it out. He's holding it and staring at it. He's like, this is interesting. And <laughs> the husband, you know, he's at the, I think he's at the, this is where he's at the, um, the still at the uh, booth with the phone. And we're getting shots going back and forth of this guy working on the car. And he's like, well, this is strange. He leaves and comes back to the guy working in the car and he goes up in there to start working on it with a couple tools. And it looks like he puts a screwdriver slowly up into it. And as that's happening, we see the husband get back in his car and start it up. And the car doesn't start automatically. But as he's trying to start the car, we see the car in the shop that the guy's working on, its car key starts turning every time he's turning his car key. Right. But no one's touching the car in the shop. Yeah, it's, it's just, just happening, happening by itself. Like he's doing it from where he is. And so he keeps turning the key. And finally, when he turns the key and gets the, 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 uh, the car started, that's where we hear, we see the outside of the car in the shop and a scream and the screwdriver fly out of the hood bloody and the guy looks like the the mechanic that was underneath the car looks like he was sucked into the car it looks like his hand blood everywhere like sucked up into the car i need help do you understand i I need you to explain this 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 shit to me this part is the most insane part it is literally at this point in the movie where i'm so irate that i just want to throw something i am furious (laughs) i i've never seen a movie that uh, it's just like I mean, I have seen movies like this where you're just trying to figure out what is going on, but this movie doesn't make any sense at all. There's no logic at all. I mean, I I would say that everything, well, there's one other thing. I would say that there's only two things in this movie that are confusing to me. Oh my God, get out. The I whole say, movie is confusing. I actually don't think so. I, well, well, we'll get to it. All right. But this- I would say that this scene in particular is insane. His screwdriver and his, I guess his arm have shot out. We don't see his arm, but we just see a bloody screwdriver. Yeah. But it has shot 
through the hood of a car at like rocket propulsion. Like, I mean, how, but what happened what, here? Yeah, what happened? Explain I it. I don't understand this part. You don't understand this it part. This part okay. is insane. So I'm not I mean, just... it kind of ties in. I can basically throw it away with what could be happening. But that this part is batshit crazy. It, it is so weird and random. I laughed out loud. I, I, I couldn't believe what had happened. I thought he was just going to get like caught up in it, in the motor. But I, the car wasn't even turned on. Yeah, but he we see it's turning on every time he's turning it but on. But that's not even possible to get yeah, caught up in the motor. Beyond from underneath. that, though, beyond it being possible, it's a horror movie at the end of the day. Oh. Just let's say that, well, I mean, ghosts, things, things happen in horror movies. What what can you say? But I, I, would say, I was assuming that the only thing that was going to happen here was just that his arm, like he was reaching up into the motor and that his arm got sucked up into it. And it was like going to kill him or rip his arm off. But having his screwdriver fly through a fucking steel, what, 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 whatever the Multiple car. Multiple levels, levels of, of car. Of, of engine and parts and a hood. That is where I go. I, I, I don't know what but to say here. But how did this even happen? Like how, what killed him? What killed that The car mechanic? started. I mean, that's all you need to know is the motor I killed mean, him. The car just started. That's not even but, possible. But okay, go ahead. Again, that I, basically anytime we ever do a podcast on any other movie, I'm just going to keep saying to you, that's not possible. I mean, what, what, okay, no. Just keep going because it gets worse. <laughs> if we worse. talk about a horror movie with like a killer or a supernatural thing, I'm just going to keep, that's not possible though. It's not possible, Joe. This is not even a super... Okay, whatever. It is. This whatever. is a supernatural super moment that happened in this movie. Okay, fine. If it is a supernatural moment, where did the supernatural moment come from? I, I will no we'll get other... to that. We'll get to that. Okay. But I, I will say that I'm only laughing about the screwdriver being able to fly through a, a, it, a, a try, And you're talking about reality. Unfortunately, it's a movie at the end of the day. We're, we're, we have to like suspend some kind of disbelief, but at the same time, it's just so funny what it what it occurred, but uh, so yeah, he's back on the road, and he gets a little war, uh, a little fur. Now, before he gets back into his car and all that happened, we see a giant semi truck with what on the side? Rottweilers. Pictures like of Rottweilers. Pictures of Rottweilers on each side of the big Mack truck. So yes, we're like, they're okay. also painted across the front. So is this symbolism? So here at this point, I'm thinking this is symbolism because the dogs he saw jumping on his car could have been the Mack truck hitting his car and he careened off the side of the road yes but that's what i was thinking was going to happen but yeah no mm -mm. well kind of kind of no no mm -mm. so yeah basically what happens is that they had passed by he had gotten in his car and everything had happened uh basically he gets back on the road and has passed that mac truck now at a rest stop or a a gas station Mm -hmm. and he keeps driving but he realizes while he's eating his apples and he's driving. He's got a bag of apples. And also, he I don't... Look, these are an old... This is an old car. This is an 80s movie. And it's also taking place in, I believe... It's England. England, yeah. yeah. And I would say, I don't know these cars. But for some reason, he's got a storage spot underneath his steering wheel. 
that he stores his apples, apples. Which this this is making me want an apple right now. It's so weird, but yeah, it it's it, so funny. The that's like the least of our apple. problems. Of the whole point of like the that there's a storage compartment to store apples well, in his car. The, I mean, what a what a bad construction. Uh, well, what, what a bad thing because if he just breaks, apples are going to fly under his car and it could stop him true. from capturing the uh, the the gas. But you know that would actually be something if that actually happened. It didn't. It's it's useless. It's useless to even show us that he has apples in the car. I don't know why he has apples in the car either. It's useless. He also has his briefcase and his uh, uh, suit jacket. And his overnight bag. And his overnight bag all in the back seat. And that's hanging from the rear, this the passenger side uh, window in the back. This uh, next scene, though, kind of makes me think, okay, I think I'm getting it. Except I, I don't think I am. Well, yeah. But, so he, he, he realizes as he's driving along that he left his watch in the phone booth. Yeah, he, he feels strange. Watch. He feels very off. And yeah. he's staring all around trying to figure it out. And he finally figures out that he left his watch at the phone booth. So he has to turn all the way back around and go back to the phone booth to get his watch that we learn um, is a gift from his daughter. Yeah, because you were asking the whole time we were watching it. You kept going... Jesus Christ, it's not that nice of a watch. Right? Well, I was saying, and I but... Said, I, gu- I guarantee it's going to be sentimental. Sentimental, but it's also a, a force of evil, obviously, because he goes back to get this watch, and shit just starts going bonkers from there. Well, so, he, he's on his way to go get the watch because he forgot it, and it's luring him back to where it is, and we keep seeing shots of it, and the more we see shots of it, the closer we get to see... Inscription. An inscription in the back of the watch that says, I love you, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Joanne, yeah, right, and uh, that's what we're heading toward. And but the unfortunately, he can't get there because before he can get there, the semi truck with the dogs on it turns the corner and almost hits him and has him swerve and get sideswiped a little bit. And as he's getting sideswiped, the gas, the the the, the leaking, go out. the leaking uh, fluids, kind of start making it go nuts, and then his Everything starts shredding, which we and he learned now. Can't hit his brakes. It's, I don't... it's brake fluid that was coming out of the car. I obviously. guess it's brake fluid. Yeah, because his brakes completely go. Well, it out. looks like his car also overheats, and it like it it pops and starts steaming a little bit. But also because he's trying to hit the brakes so much, his I which it doesn't seem like his brakes are out. That's what's weird about it because he hits his brakes and the tires blow. Yeah. On the front. And they sound like a screaming girl. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of creepy. But like, would that even happen? First of all, that would, like, his tires just blow out and shred like that? Well, we know that when people have accidents, we've seen uh, tires pop. But to make it happen like this, because he's only going 40 something? Yeah, they make a point of showing us how fast he's going at all times, which at first I was like, okay. Why do we even need to know this? This is ridiculous. But then, do we even really need to know it anyway? It doesn't matter how fast he's freaking going. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's odd. His tires explode. He goes into the side of the, a mountain, basically, and he it basically forces his car to go on the side wheels. Mm-hmm. And he passes, he hits a guardrail. He passes. He keeps going back and forth in a spin out almost. And then he finally turns straight into the guardrail on this mountain. Now, this is the second thing that just blew my fucking mind. This is the reason I needed to talk about this. Because when he hits this guardrail, his car does something 
that I can't even fathom. I just cannot believe what happens here. He His car perfectly stands straight up. He goes like in nose fashion and the car goes on its front uh, bumper on its nose front bumper front on <laughs> his front bumper and it goes up in the air and stands perfectly up like, in the air at attention at attention it's perfect it's and so while weird. that's happening all of the gasoline and everything from his car just shooting out yeah everything's just flying out Everything, his suitcase. His, his suitcase suit- goes flying like a projectile, too, yeah. by the way. And it's he's violent. Only, yeah, it's very violent. It goes through the windshield, flying. But this this car is literally stationary, on its nose, standing straight up on its front end. And it's the projectiles coming out of the car, like the suitcase and the briefcase and the jacket, are all flying at full speed, like someone's forcing them out of the car. It's so weird. I looked yeah. at you and I'm like, "What the fuck is going now, on here?" Now, uh, uh, a, a, a screwdriver flying out of a car hood, and then a car perfectly standing up on its like weighted. How the hell? It makes no and, sense. And, and and it's so crazy because it feels like it goes for an eternity, but it's only a couple, maybe a minute that they show it in different angles, standing straight up before it falls forward off the cliff i mean we know that's not possible and what's the reasoning of this happening so it falls forward off the cliff it falls forward off the cliff and And we slowly go down into the car and we see him wake up in his car and there's tree branches in the car window and all around the windows and he can't see and he basically is struggling to wake up and he's bleeding and his arm is pinned behind the seat the next seat behind you know, like his back of his seat yeah that was weird it's like crushed and his also it looks like his foot is sideways like it had been like he broken. definitely broke his ankle yeah, yeah it's, it looks like it's just hanging there um and so we see the car is flipped upside down well i think that's the slow reveal yeah it's, and it's actually In the tree it actually looks really good i mean it does look cool i mean because we don't know that he's upside down for like a minute or two. Yeah, because he can't tell. Because he can't tell. But then when he removes his seatbelt, which we see in that. Well, we also get a guy stopping on the side of the road and, and screaming down to him. And that's when we pan down and see that he's hanging up in the trees. Yeah. He's all the way up in the trees upside down. So someone saw the guardrail was all smashed in and they stopped their car. Yeah. Like a good Samaritan and said, I'm going to go get help. And so. As the guy leaves, you know, they pan down to our main character who's, you know, he that's, takes his uh, seatbelt off and he's upside down. What? Well, well, that's the last shot. You, yeah, but that's what the, the wife, shot. the wife actually saw that. Huh? Yeah, but he, uh, he's dream. more struggling. And then we find out that he's upside down. And then we get a lot of shots of him upside down in the car, which I think is really well directed and it looks really good. And the, the, they show the car upside down in the trees, and it looks really cool. And it's far up, too. Yeah, it's pretty high. Um, these are tall trees. By the way, the countryside didn't have any trees on the side. Right. Yeah, it, it didn't look right uh, the way that they had set it up. It, it basically looked like just a grassy hill. Uh-huh. But now there's a lot of forest for some reason. But I wonder if that's also metaphorical. But... Uh, yeah, and it, I think it looks cool, but yeah, you skipped a little bit because 
he's slowly getting his seatbelt. I think we're getting shots of um, the, the wife thinking about him worried. And I think I think we get a couple of shots like that. And then he finally reaches for his seatbelt. And he clicks it. And then when he clicks it, he hits the roof and the car falls. It falls far. Far. From, yeah. And he's dead. Dead. Yeah. We don't see it inside, but we hear They don't know, show we it. We just see the car fall completely onto its hood, onto the roof of the car, which he's now on. And uh, we cut now to, it goes black, and then we cut to the daughter walking up and sitting down where she sat in the beginning of the movie, and we see what she is sitting at, and then we see that she is sitting at the erected fence that they had talked about in the beginning of the movie that was cutting off that way to school. That, that path that the, the girl path disappeared on. The little path that the girl on. disappeared on. And I would also say that we also see a shot of the picture frame in our room, and it has been replaced with her recital. Um, it's a, it's like a certificate of the School of Music yeah, it's that a, she's it, going she to. She replaced the father picture, and we see that in the forest, in the same spot where the, the person, the girl in the opening that got ripped into the forest and her stuff was laying, mm-hmm. we see that... All of her things, like she has these notes to her father, like I love you, daddy, and all that stuff, is in the same spot in the forest, surrounded by the the trees. And the picture of her and her father in the picture are there, too. Um, They're all in there. And then we see that she is, in the beginning, who she was talking to were the three Rottweilers. And they're on the other side side of of the the fence. fence. So we're like, okay. First of all, I need you to explain this shit to me. I don't understand any of this movie at all. At all. Are we to believe that this girl has some kind of supernatural powers where she killed her father because she's pissed that he didn't go to her recital? Yes. I hate this movie. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh my God, you got me. <clears throat> this movie is ridiculous. Okay, here's the fun part. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I know this you movie. didn't hate it. I hated it. It was so boring. It felt like an episode of The Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. It felt, uh, yes, is it done too long? Is it take its time? Yeah, it's not terribly directed. And it's not, uh, it doesn't, I don't think it looks bad. And I don't <sighs> think that some of the stuff is bad. Some of it is a little insane. And it definitely could have been a shorter film. It definitely could have been an episode of one of these uh, anthology shows. And in, in it, like it could have been a segment, yes, in an anthology movie. Those like I love watching horror anthologies, but there's no first of all, there's no fucking elements of horror in this movie. Secondly, they don't even give you an inkling of what's going on. There's they, they an hour the long with no freaking dialogue. I would say that they do. I, I would say that they're setting up the dogs. They're setting up this weird forest thing. And I think that the forest is a metaphor. It's like, I think that uh, the Rottweilers are like the devil or demons. And okay. they live in the forest and they're, that's how they're manifesting. Is that what happened to the, the girl at the, in the beginning of the movie? Yeah, you I think, think that the thing that's out in the forest got her. And I think that the forest is using her now because it's not let loose. It's trapped. But she's entertaining it. So they're like, it's talking to her, 
and she's talking to it and she's using it and that she brought it upon her father because she didn't get her way because she's a little demon. Oh my God. I think that's what, I mean, I kind of, I didn't mind that. I thought it was a kind of cool little thing because we've seen, I think there's a couple episodes of some of these shows we've watched in the past, uh, basically have the same premise. I mean, yeah, I guess, but at least in those kind of things, like at least we've had more happen, you know, like, this this movie that it's just endless driving, endless I, yeah, staring. I, well, I mean, it's it's that's what I was talking about. That's why I think the movie is going to scare off a lot of people. It, it is like a weird scare off people. Well, what I'm saying is that's it's assuming not, people would watch it. It's not your typical horror movie. It's not your typical thing. It's it's more of a psychological like build up to like saying you know basically the things are warning you. But you're not seeing it. I get it. You know, and and, ba- but, and it's like that. I'm trying to think of that episode. I don't know if it's the Twilight Zone with the uh, "There's room for one more." You know what I'm talking about? That oh, famous, uh, yeah. that famous uh, uh, campfire tale that everybody would tell, where it's uh, the someone keeps saying, "There's room for one more." It's trying to get you in the elevator because it crashed. Right. And uh, they the guy keeps saying it to her. Because she doesn't get in the elevator, I think, right? And it's calling to her to get whatever. I think there's another one with the hitchhiker. I think it's basically in uh, Tales from the Dark Side or uh, Creep Show. And uh, they kept saying, you know, going my way, going my way, which is, Mm -hmm. I think, on it's based off an episode of Twilight Zone. I'm not remember, but uh, can you explain to me that it's the same kind of premise, though? It's the same premise of this this force that's coming for you and you don't see it, and the way that it's trying to warn you and so i think that's kind of cool like with the dogs on the truck and the dogs being the metaphor for what the evil is i get that like the hounds of hell that's what i said in the beginning yeah but why did the 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 mechanic have to die and what were these long establishing shots of fucking construction workers for no reasoning what was that i think they were working on the the street and I think that was like a... It doesn't matter. He wasn't driving to, on that road. No, 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 no. But I think it was a, a message of like the road, like itself is like <sighs> something's happening type of thing. I and it like was near his reach. car. Well, I, I definitely... Look, again, it's not perfect. There's a way to show like the girl is, you know, got some kind of supernatural powers and she wants to unleash her fury on her father because when he didn't go to her recital. Yeah, yeah he, she didn't get her wish, her way. So... The dogs represent the evil inside her? Or I don't that understand. She, again, that's what I'm saying. The evil out there and that she is basically going to it. And it's instead of like it just eating the girl, it's basically calling to her and using her. And she's maybe using it or it's reading, you know, who knows? I mean, by throwing that stuff into the forest... It seems like it wants to kill her. I don't also know if there was some kind of thing we missed in here that has some kind of attachment to her, to the girl that died in the three years later. I feel like I earlier. missed something. Because I definitely feel like there could be something there we're not catching. And why? Okay, here's the thing that I don't understand. Now, this girl is obsessed with her father. And she's so super hurt that he can't make her recital. And that's why this whole movie is happening. But she's willing to kill him seems like it i mean come on it's crazy yeah it's a nut ah, it's nuts god i i i think that uh i don't know why i 
Well, the reason I had picked this, right, because I, I had seen the scene is going around now with the car crash online. I saw it. Uh, a couple people have been posting it. All right. Who on Instagram do I have to yell at? <laughs> wow, jeez. Well, I, I, what, you know, it's funny when you see a scene out of context, it's really bizarre. So the scene is even more insane when you see it without the movie. Uh, so seeing the movie, I, I actually thought, oh, this movie is going to lead to this crazy car crash that is really goofy and bizarre. And then I saw the movie and I was like, you know what? This this could have been way worse. I expected I was expecting something really bad. And I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't think it was awful. I, I, going compared to what we normally watch. I mean, I thought it was awful. I was bored to tears. Wow. There's nothing happening. I, I know I don't like I like subtle stuff. I like that uh you know that use of uh, uh slow builds and uh setting up uh, you know basically more of just the a normal closed off thing. Like I I like that. I don't like I don't think every movie needs like eighty plot lines like uh the crawlers did or something like that. No, but you I, mean, I mean, do we need a metaphorical um you know a whole hour and a half of a metaphor? For this girl being pissed off that her daddy didn't make her recital. That's what this is. It's very subtle and you have to literally like use your imagination to get the answer here. And, you know, they, they had to kill a mechanic to well, make a point. Yeah, what's going on? Because do you think that the movie's also making a reference to the... I guess that's where I have to talk about it a lot more is... Do you think the movie is making a message about how they had some kind of unhealthy relationship? I mean, it was definitely unhealthy. I don't know how unhealthy, but it was unhealthy. And it was creepy to watch, and it made me feel uncomfortable. So the parts where there were dialogue, I wish that there wasn't, because it was creepy as hell. Because the reason I bring it up, the reason I'm asking you, is because I'm wondering, are they saying that, like, that's why the demons are using her? Like, is that the reason why? Because she feels like some kind of scorned lover. I mean, it seemed like she was the one doing the controlling. Although they didn't even show her through the whole movie. It was pretty much just driving. Yeah, but, so I, I'm just... Well, you know what I mean. They start with her talking to something and we know that something's up. And that she is definitely being given, like taken from by something. Yeah. And so it could be because they built this wall, that's how they're using her to get souls. And I'm wondering, like... And that's what I'm saying. Like, because we know that. Look, that opening with a girl getting snatched into the woods is really, really strange. I mean, why they open with that? It, it, also, it, having the narration. Yeah, and that that, but the fact that they opened with a girl getting snatched into the woods made us think that this movie was going to be a completely different film. And I'm here watching this, waiting for something of, to that effect to happen, like where someone is gonna, you know, maybe there is a demon in the woods or something but it turned into a completely different movie there was literally no reasoning whatsoever to show that girl getting snatched up into the woods in the beginning of this movie there was no reason it was a throw-off well no, it, it definitely comes back to this ending this ending is about like it's evil and so, it's basically the, showing you that if they didn't have that opening the ending would be even more obscure but the but the woods the woods were not the ones that were evil it it's was the, the chick the, no it's the dogs in the woods they're on the other side of the fence she's talking to them 
I understand that. That's what I'm saying to you. It's not her. So they're just feeding off of her emotions. I would think that the, this is the way that... Because now that they're fenced off, they have to find a new way to get what they want. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, So it's like a demon's like snatching up kids I mean, or, it seemed or easy. whatever. It still seemed easy. They, they were still able to, you know, kill her father in that way, you know? So... I don't know. I I I am having a problem with this plot. I don't I don't understand this plot, and I I can't get my head around it. I just it's. I think that make she allowed the dogs mentally into the house, the demon into the house, to uh, mess up his car. I mean, just the uh, fact that they actually made a whole movie because this girl's a little pissed off because her dad missed her fucking recital. That they made this whole entire supernatural plot. It, it makes no sense. Why did they have to kill the mechanic? Yeah, that, that that that's the most interesting part to me. Like, why the dogs went there, and were they suggesting that somehow they I, spiritually the cars it's connected to his car? I that part what did that is where I was like, it? what? What him turning the key and then the actual key turning by itself in the mechanic's shop. Yeah. How like, did that have anything to do with anything? This mechanic guy was not even part of the plot. He had nothing to do with this movie. It was stupid. It was like a throw-in thing. Um, just to confuse the audience even more. That's what I think. I mean, there's no reasoning for this mechanic to even, number one, be in this movie. Because it had... What was the connection between his car and the mechanic? It was stupid. Why even make a connection? It, it was dumb. They also had that weird line of dialogue, like the like the... That guy knew about the daughter. Yeah. Like, he said like, that line of, like, tell her that. Yeah, don't how, tell her how that she's you, young. Yeah. H- how? How? I like don't understand. she's an older girl in a younger girl's body. That she. They also mentioned, like, how smart she is. Like, oh, she's incredibly intelligent. Okay. The, like, the guy at the get like, the, the worker says that kind of stuff. Like, it, it's really <laughs> odd. And it's almost like it's saying... There are some really weird relationships with this girl. And the movie doesn't exactly go there, but it seems to suggest it in this really strange it's way. It's creepy. And the fact that, okay, so she's smart. Does that make her a master of the dark arts? I'm not getting any kind of like, you know, I'm getting creep from this girl. Like she's a creep, but like I'm not getting like diabolical murderer. I mean, she loves her dad so much that she's like whining and crying that he can't go to her recital. Well, I think it's more about, I think you're you're like obsessing with the recital idea of it. I think it's more about the idea of a teenager getting what they want. Right. And I understand that, but it's just like. And that is psychotic stuff. It's that does bit, happen. It's a bit extra. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. A lot of this plot. I mean, the whole plot doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. I think the movie makes... I think it makes sense. I think the parts that make it harder to understand are the the guy at the shop and dying the, and the, the weird ghost key thing happening. But I also think it is a, it is a creepy little visual at the end when you realize she's the one talking to whatever the evil is in that, that forest. I think that's a cool shot. I think it pays off and it's interesting. And it's a like she had her father killed is an interesting, like creepy concept. I mean, yeah, it's just it just seems like 
out of character for this girl. It what, just seems what like... What do you mean out of character? She seems creepy from the I mean, moment she's, she's creepy, told no. I mean, she's creepy, but, you know, someone who loves their dad, you're just, you're gonna, you're so mad at him that you're gonna kill him? Well, I don't think it's about loving the dad. I think it's about somebody getting loving her, her and getting her, yeah, getting her way. It's just bonkers. By the way, we didn't, we didn't mention that, uh, the... The father says uh, something to the mother while they're in bed. And basically, she's like, uh, why why is she not like this with you? And then she says, it's because you're a man. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I get daughters want their uh, the approval of their dads. Or the dads give them everything. I mean, the dads... Like I mean, that. I think that's what she's saying is that he's a pushover. But... Obviously, he's not because he didn't give in. He had to go do whatever he was doing. I want your undying love. It's bonkers. It, I mean, it is crazy. I don't understand. I this. think there is like I was expecting to come out and go, "Oh my god, this sucks," but I actually coming out going, "You know what? That it was ra- rather well made. It doesn't even for what it's doing and how little it's doing. I mean, it's yeah. actually doing a lot with doing nothing." Which is kind of wild, and that's why I said if this was an hour on like a like on a Chaos in the Crypt episode, I think maybe it would have been a lot cooler. You're being more generous than I could I actually ever didn't be. Hate it. I didn't. I, hate it. I, I actually was like impressed by some of the directing. You're saying that they did a lot with what they had. No, I don't think they did jack shit. There's nothing going on in this movie. Well, I just said like I just gave a whole detailed thing about like what what was happening. It's actually doing stuff. Like you're saying nothing? It doesn't nothing. do anything? He drives and he, he has apples and he leaves his watch <laughs> on the fucking phone booth and there's dogs. Okay? I love there's it. I dogs. Love it. This, I can't believe I sat through it, to be honest with you. Wow. It's a piece of shit. We've watched so much worse. Uh, I was bored. I think I fell asleep at one point. I think I did. No, I was watching. I remember everything, though. So maybe I didn't. Oh, Jesus. I hated it. All right. What are you giving it? Two. A two. This movie sucked. I was bored to tears. Nothing happened. Holy shit. Giving it a two. And that's only because it was filmed okay. It was filmed decently. Um, And the acting was decent. But there's nothing going on in this movie. And and I'm left here with more questions than answers. So fuck this movie. It's crap. (laughs) I'm angry. Holy I'm gonna sick the hounds of hell on you. Apparently, I gotta watch out. I gotta watch all the things oh, properly. Yeah, it's okay because I'm gonna get my revenge with the next Giallo movie. All right. Well, you know what? What are you giving it? I'm giving it a five. No, you're not. I. That's it. I'm moving out. <laughs> <laughs> if I see you talking some Rottweilers outside, I'm yeah, in, you're in trouble, I'm in pal. Trouble, man. All right. I didn't hate it. I did not uh, hate it. I was actually more shocked. About how competent some of this stuff was. You know what's funny about you is that I know that you looked over at me no less than 10 times and you're probably thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. This can be fun to do to her. I know it. That wasn't, that's never my thought. My thought was, I hope you're having fun enough to talk about it, but you're you're oh. just miserable. So I feel no, really bad about I'm, it. I'm having fun talking to you about it. Of course I am. Look, I still don't have any answers. I will say that I... Oh. Fast and the Furious. I is think outside. I just heard him driving by. Hasn't I think we in. heard him. He's nope. crashing. I saw him go tell him about the dogs. Um, <laughs> Tom. Um, no, I mean, I always look for movies for us to watch that I think are going to be something really strange for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And since it's talking trash, I want to find the bizarre ones. Oh, you found because, it. Because I'm always trying to tell people, like, 
oh, you know, talking trash when we do that, we we're basically doing movies that we think you probably shouldn't see. Oh <laughs> no, nobody should see this movie. And I, I I would say that uh, in the league of things that we've watched so far on this show, I would say that if you're a directing person or if you're a uh, a person who's really into filmmaking, this is kind of interesting. I can see why this guy was an assistant director, a very big assistant director. Mm-hmm. He did like Scars of Dracula, all those Christopher Lee Dracula the hammers, films. Yeah, yeah. He he worked on a lot of them, which and, we love. We and I love. I can hammers. see why he was probably picking it up, but I'm shocked after seeing this that he didn't go on to make more movies because I think there was a lot competent stuff going on that he could have brought into another scarier type movie because. Perhaps. I like, uh, you know, we've seen other movies where uh, the subtle horror is more the psychological slow burn, mm-hmm. the, the slow pans, the use of good music, good mm-hmm. cinematography, and how scary that could be. Mm-hmm. I think this is on the cusp of getting that. And that's why I'm a little more impressed with this one. Whereas we watched movies like The Vagrant, which is so, so highly produced that it looks just like a, like a nightmare, a mess to yeah. look at. Uh, you know, th- that's why I always say, like, and of all the movies we have watched, I, I this one I at least go, you know, it's got a little substance to it. It's I got mean, a little I do, something. I do appreciate the, you know, the um, obscure, uh, you know, small movies that you know are are well produced for the small budget. I do appreciate those movies that you know no one's ever seen the obscure ones like this. But in this particular plot, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. I, I was not into it. It just mind boggled me to the point of okay if i don't have one answer at all then i'm just gonna be mad and that's what happens to me in a lot of these movies where like i I, i'm not gonna leave this open to interpretation (laughs) this movie is not good enough to be left to interpretation oh wow it's not do you think it really is left open to interpretation or do you think it's just like no it's telling you she has made some kind of pact with the devil i mean they don't really say that and they don't kind of hinted at that the thing is i mean they hint at it yeah sure but it still leaves it open as to the mechanic, why she killed her yeah, father. I, will I, I mean, say, there's a lot there that I'm just like the father thing. I think we've already talked about. We, we we've seen that. We 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 know little teenage pricks. Like we we've seen this before. I mean, yeah, I guess just but, shitting on your family if you don't get what you want. I mean, it just seems above and beyond. You know, I mean, you know, you throw a temper tantrum and you cry and you whine and you go to your room and you 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 stomp your feet. But this is like okay. Why are we getting that this girl has any connection to the underworld? Why are we getting that? She's supposed to be this brilliant girl. She's smart. She's a, a violin player. I get it, but there's no backstory or any kind of uh, show, like any kind of inkling to this girl as a human. Yeah, I would love to know if we miss something about the girl that died in the opening is a connection to her. There was no dialogue to suggest that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to connect these things somehow then you have to connect them that's that's good filmmaking like if the this girl that she's supposed to be diabolical or supposed to have some kind of like you know link to you know evil or whatever i wish that they would have put that in us in our heads before you know before all the they could have cut half of the driving out you know what i mean and they could have given us a backstory on her or a little bit extra on her like even in prom night okay i know that that's uh out of left field but in prom night we see that the kids who threw the girl out the window in the beginning Uh you know at least we know 
that you know they they didn't mean to do it. They're they're not evil children. It was an accident. Whatever. We get a little bit on them. Okay. You know, even though they committed a crime. In this, we have nothing on this girl. It's just that she's just upset that her daddy can't go to her recital. Yeah, but wouldn't you say that it is a little impressive how fast we were creeped out by her? I was creeped out by her in the first and 10 seconds. They didn't even have to do anything. That's what I'm saying. That's kind of impressive. To right, me. but I wish that they gave us more because I think that because we were so creeped out by her over nothing, just by her staring, they could have given us a little more to make it a horror movie and, and really creeped us out. Really, really creeped us out. But they didn't. And I would say that also uh, we're like getting hung up on the fact that at the end the dogs are on the other side of the fence but i think that they were just a uh they were basically just a figurehead because that's what ended up causing the accident was the truck with the dogs on them so the dogs we're seeing is just actually an embodiment for us to understand what evil is so i don't think there's anything actually there i got it but they're focusing too much on other things like we need to focus on the daughter and what her freaking problem is what her deal is like we need more on her because if this is the the person that's causing all this we need to know more about her we just know two things about her that's it it, i guess it would have been really nice to have like a journal or something 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 at the end seeing that she's like really creepy although the only thing we do get is that her picture with her father is out there like is it's expression of her sacrificing him right and i get that but uh we needed a little bit more up front that's all i i get it you're right and i think this is funny because i think of all the movies we've done on the show so far this is the one we're talking about the most with uh trying to like talk to each other about it i think we're usually on agreement most of the time yeah, that's why I gave it a two. Because I feel like if you're going to establish a character like this and she's responsible for the events of this movie, you need to give us a little bit more on her. You can't just, you know, give us some creepy stares and, you know, and send her off the movie because yeah. she does not return after the first 20 minutes of the movie. She doesn't return. There's nothing there with her. We see her at the very end of the movie sitting with the dogs. I mean, you need to give us a little bit more. You know, you can't just throw us into the movie and watch, you know, 40 minutes of driving scenes and no dialogue without the antagonist having some sort of a part. I I get, I get what you're saying. I I completely understand what you're saying. That's why I'm not going any higher or anything. That's why I think the movie fails. I'm just basically rating it off its technical standpoints and stuff like that. But, uh... Well, technically, it's it's shot pretty well. There's some really interesting stuff going on. Yeah. There's some use of sound effects, too. Like, the yeah. leaves falling from the roses and how they're the foot footprints from the dog. Like, yeah. the movement of the dog's feet. Well, they show it's, some really cool stuff. I was, I was like, man, that, there are that's some, kind of a neat yeah. little idea. There are some cool ideas happening here, but they just don't execute it properly when you, you need, you need a, an, an antagonist and a protagonist. And it seems like... We we don't even know where the antagonist is if you know coming or going in this. We need more on her. We need more on the girl, and you know we're supposed to care about these people for some reason. You know when he falls to his death in the car. I mean we're supposed to care, but we don't. I mean are we? Because we're really creeped out by even him. Like and I think that was, I think that was what they were trying to go for. I would love. Uh, I would love to hear someone just say, "Yeah, there's a little more to that because there are there is something between them that is really creepy and unsettling." You know, I don't even want to know about yeah, that exactly, because that but... just makes my skin crawl. Yeah, uh, uh, here's the here's the deal. All right, this is the one I picked. 
And uh, I will let you have full reign over the next blank amount of movies until I pick the next turd. Fine. And to piss you off. Well, because Giallo all the way. And I'm telling you, I have been... So the whole month of April, I got screwed because we were supposed to do Giallo for my birthday month. You, you'll get the full, uh, the full reign of... Um, july i think july's yours okay well that's bullshit i shouldn't have to wait till july but whatever okay well, whatever it's because i have a whole bunch of movies yeah i done. know i know we have the talking furious and all that anyway i'm done i'm done <laughs> two two uh two stars two stars all right well thanks uh this is a really weird one I hate so it. uh <laughs> have a good one thanks for listening and that goes on and on to the point of nausea. If this movie had a theme song, it would be Dumbbells Keep Falling on My Head. The story makes no sense. I feel for every family that's going to be suckered into seeing. Now, this is going to astound you, but I'm giving the movie thumbs up. It does astound me. Are you okay? Uh, better than you were the day that you liked Starship Troopers. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Uh, I'll tell that, you why that I was like exciting. the movie. This movie empowers little kids. This is the one where they finally got it right. I love the idea that they can somehow affect the outcome, that they can have uh, uh, power over grown-ups. That's They the can defend one. themselves and be smart and think about things. And the plot is smarter than we the other We completely disagree. I thought the kid was generic mop top. Come on! Yeah. That's, the, that's why kids love these movies, because they love the fantasy that they have power. But it's overdone. Overkill here. Not for, overkill. A, not for, not for you. Girl. Okay, coming up later.